Hi, my name is Nick Craig, and this is the Leading from Purpose podcast. Today, our special guest is Zahed Kamathia, and he is the head of talent and development at Lego. I've had the privilege of working with him for a number of years, and I'm really excited today because we get to have a conversation in two parts. One part is about his journey with his purpose, and the second part is really talking about the bigger adventure at Lego with purpose and how it's been playing out. So, Zahid, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And where are you today, by the way? I am in our London offices, in our London city offices today. We are pretty much practicing hybrid working, and so a lot of colleagues are now back in the office, and there's a great buzz in the office today. So, it's uh, yeah, it's great to be here. I've been in that office, and there are some lights all over the place, yes? There are. There's, a, there's a, I mean, as you would expect, it is a, a offices of the Lego group, so you'd expect to see lots of primary colors, lots of big Lego models, lots of very energized and very curious people, and uh, we don't disappoint. And I was in there, when I was there last time, there were people wearing uh, like costumes. It wasn't Halloween, but they were wearing Star Trek and Star Wars costumes and walking around the office. <laughs> and I was like, it, they said it was the, I can't remember what day it was, but it was looked like a really great way to have Get a work. Oh, cool. I think I may have missed that day, but we do do, uh, you know, we have Halloween. There's a, there's a usually pre pandemic, there's a fancy dress competition. But yeah, beyond that, there's, you know, look, we're pretty casual here. So if folks want to come in dressed as uh, Darth Vader or or whomever, it's uh, okay by us. So, Fed, I would love to have you share with us your purpose. Sure. So my purpose is to go where there are no roads and leave a trail for others to follow. What does that mean for you? Good question. So I uh, worked on my purpose uh, a number of years ago. So I think it's probably 2018 or maybe even before that. So it's been a few years that I've been working with it and, and evolving it and, and understanding it to some extent. What it means is uh, it references probably two things. The first part, which is to go where there are no roads, is all about my curiosity. I have a innate desire to see beyond the next horizon, see around corners. That's what I am energized by. That's what I'm motivated by. I try to bring that prior to discovering the purpose unconsciously into my everyday work and, and what motivates me uh, both at home and at work. But since discovering it, I've been uh, in it and owning it a little bit more. The second part, uh, the leaving the trail for others to follow, is this uh, whole desire that once I discover what there is, what opportunity may lie ahead of us, I want others to follow. I want others to experience it. I want others to experience the same joy as I've found in, in arriving at wherever it is that I've arrived at. And so that's the last part of it. The entire phrase, well, the first part of the phrase is also inspired by one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, which is Back to the Future. Uh, so if you know your films, if you're a film buff, you know that phrase, to go where there are no roads, comes directly out of the, that film. So say the whole purpose again. So it's to go where there are no roads, uh, leaving a trail for others to follow. Beautiful. And so if you think about your purpose, how do you see it relative to it showing up for you, you leaving from your purpose? And since it's been like I don't know, four or five years since we did that work together, so where do you say, you know, here's an example of where I really lived my purpose? Great question. And I think it, just as I referenced earlier, I have to say that your purpose shows up throughout your life. I've only discovered that since discovering or putting words to my purpose. Let's call it that. So it's less of a discovery and more of a, 
a structured opportunity to actually put words to something that your conscious self has always been aware of. Having found that and looked retrospectively throughout my career and my life, you you start to unpack those moments where your purpose really showed up. And for me, it is in those moments where I've been really stretched or had a real high growth opportunity, um, I recognize that actually that's where my purpose was really showing up. So whether it be starting a new job or whether it be the choice that I made to leave a job and go to another job or take on another opportunity, that was always propelled by this kind of sense of wanting to go where there are no roads. Or even since 2018 or, or since I discovered the purpose and since I've been working with it more consciously, more deliberately, there's two things that I think are super important for me. One, uh, owning it. I don't believe I'm in my purpose all of the time. That would be exhausting because there'll be an adrenaline overload and I, I couldn't necessarily cope. But actually going to it and recognizing that you need it intermittently throughout your month, your week, your day, your year, mm. it's really important to be energized again. And that's one of the ways in which I've been consciously using it. So when I have felt that maybe I'm in a bit of a, an energy flow or energy slump. I've tried to recognize or try to unpick, am I living my purpose? Am I in my purpose? And if not, do I have an opportunity to live my purpose? So in other words, to put it super practical, is there a road that I've not been down before? Is there a discovery that I can make? Could I be more curious going into this conversation right. or this meeting? So it doesn't have to be the big grandiose things. It could simply be a decision that I take before a conversation, before a meeting, to say, could I be more curious here? Is there something that I don't know that would be really interesting for me to know more about? And that's some of the ways in which I've been trying to make it more practical for me. So one of the things that you and I have been on a journey with is when I first met you, you were chief learning officer for Lego. Mm -hmm. And I think you told me a story about creating the current Lego leadership model that was a beautiful example of you living your purpose. Would you be willing to share that again? So, uh, yeah, so when I joined our people operations and development uh, team, what we others would call HR organization, which is back in 2017, there was two things that I did. One, I walked into a function that I had no prior experience to. So, again, that is uh, retrospectively thinking, my purpose. Um, My experience was outside of HR in different business functions. Uh, This was the first time I was coming into a people-orientated function. The first task that I had was to look at reinventing how we lead. What does leadership mean at the Lego Group? Which is a pretty big and ambiguous task for anyone, and especially someone without the HR experience that uh, you know normally people would need to go into this position. But for me, it was perfect. As I said, this was prior to me discovering my purpose, but intuitively, with every pore in my body, I knew that this was one of those tasks that I would really enjoy. You know, without going into all the nuts and bolts of how we went about that task, but one approach that I was able to bring was that because I didn't have the past experience in developing leadership models or leadership frameworks, and I am a super curious individual motivated by my purpose, I was able to bring a a fresh experience and a fresh approach to how an organization could go about understanding the type of leadership it might need for the future. That different approach, which, you know, we have written about since developing that framework and we have created a case study and we shared it amongst organizations, I now recognize as being super unique, right? It's not an approach that conventional organizations or other organizations would conventionally approach leadership design or leadership framework design. But what it has enabled us to achieve is a truly unique expression of how we want people to lead at the Lego group, which would be difficult to create 
if we didn't approach it in the non-conventional way that we did approach it. So one of the things that I say to everyone when I talk about purpose, independent of whether you know your purpose or not, is Mm -hmm. what's the one or two things that only you can do? If we put somebody else in your role, they would do a lot of the basic same things because, you know, there's some basic obvious things. But what is it that you would do that no one else would do? And my sense is that when you played the leadership playground, which is what you're referring to, I think, I think how you went about creating it and deciding what should be in it was your unique contribution. And I just want you to share in more specifics as to what actually you brought to the table that if somebody else had been in the room, Mm. I don't think that would have happened. It's a very interesting question. You know, what is that unique something that you bring to it? On one hand, even this task, you could break it down into its uh, subatomic parts and say, well, there's a planning phase and the design phase and execution phase. But, you know, when I think about it, there was one moment that, I think I added, which was unique to me. We had set off the ambition. We had kicked off the project. We had the CEO, who was new at the time, Niels, and Lauren, present the working group and say, hey, this is what we want you to do, and set the tone. We had a workshop with our uh, working group and our facilitating partners. And halfway through that workshop, like a day and a half in, I went to the facilitators and I said, I don't think this is going to go in the direction. Or they said to me, is this likely to go in the direction you want? And I sat down and I said, honestly, I have no clue where this is heading. I have no clue based upon the three days that we worked together and the conversation that we've had, whether this will result in the outcome that we're expecting. And I said, I'm okay with that. It took a hell of a thing because I'm my, my background is in you know, uh, large-scale managing of transformations and projects is pr- fairly structured way of working and based upon a prediction of the outcome. That's how most people work. Whereas in this moment, I have to say, I'm okay with not knowing the outcome. I have no clue whether it's going to be orange, blue, uh, left or right, or an elephant or a giraffe, right? It could have been anything that came out of this conversation. But that letting go that real genuine moment where you say, actually, this is a road where genuinely I don't know where it will lead, was the perhaps, as I said, looking back, probably one of the key differentiators, key moments for why we ended up with something very unique. If I had retrospectively thinking, if I had been more constrained, if I had been anxious about it, if I tried to curtail the innovation, I think we would have ended up with something different. What's interesting about your purpose statement, and just say it one more time for us. To, to go where there are no roads uh, and leave a trail for others to follow. What's interesting about that purpose is it really is about living in ambiguity. If you look, so different purposes for those listening have very different characteristics. I have some people whose purpose is about being calm in chaos, and mm-hmm. they need the house burning down for them to show up, mm-hmm. right? They have other people who are their job, and they say, you know, they're the rear guard that makes sure that everybody's okay. And fundamentally, you know, you do not want to put them in the chaos place in the same way because they're really about let's make it stable, let's keep it. So everybody's purpose has a huge impact on how they show up. Mm-hmm. And my sense is when we look at yours, in some ways, that was a perfect example that I can see of you really living your purpose because it was about being okay with not knowing but also putting something in place that others would follow. Because in some sense, fundamentally, you came up with the leadership playground, which is a concept for a model for leadership and Lego. So what I want to do now is Mm -hmm. shift our conversation slightly 
And sometimes we've been talking about you and your role and your impact at Lego. I also feel that this is as important of a conversation for us to have together and for others to understand is what is the role that purpose plays for Lego as an organization, as well as what is the connection between your purpose and the Lego purpose? And how does that show up? And Nick, one of the things I've, uh, I've said to you before is that I believe that uh, Lego Group is one of the original purpose-driven organizations. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like there are a lot of new kids on the block, and, and of course, purpose is very, uh, you know, it's very much of the moment. Um, people see it as being a real differentiator to create the culture and to harness that togetherness of employees to kind of go towards a common direction for organizations. Yeah, you know, when I joined the Lego Group back uh, nearly seven years ago, not really necessarily understanding purpose with a capital P, uh, if that makes sense, recognizing that it's more kind of the background, it was super clear that this organization had meaning, had purpose, mm. had an intention for why you'd want to join this business. And it was broader than what you yourself wants from this job. You could become part of a whole. Our overall mission, or, or in other words, you can call it purpose, is, is to inspire the builders of tomorrow. And that has so many different connotations. It's simplistic in its nature, but actually you can break it down into so many different parts. But that notion of purpose attracts the type of employee that you want, or type of colleague that you want in our organization. It doesn't have to work for it. It's not as if we, well, we do obviously publicize our mission. We do publicize our values and our, um, and our overall purpose. But the purpose in itself is it's almost like it, 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 it hangs on its own. It appeals to the right individual. It's very difficult sometimes to put a finger on it, especially in my role in, in, as head of talent. You speak to new candidates or, or aspiring candidates in interview formats regularly, uh, as I do. Without prompt, when you ask them about the motivator, nine out of ten would talk about the mission, the purpose. But the mission and purpose of Lego for you is? It's to inspire the builders of tomorrow. And do you feel like the organization does a pretty good job of living that? I do, yeah. How does that connect to your purpose for you? I mean, I guess there's a couple of phrases and there was an obvious phrase in there around tomorrow, right? So this is, yes, there's a piece about the present. And there are a number of colleagues who are in that space. Like you said, different purposes, different people. My purpose of going where there are no roads allows me to kind of relate to what does what tomorrow look like? Uh, mm-hmm. What are the next cohort or the next group of builders that we want to inspire? Where are they? How would we reach them? So that's something that I'm truly motivated by. The part that is about inspiring rather than finding, that's also something that appeals to me a lot. Uh, and I think relates to my purpose as well. What's interesting is you're doing this. I think this is one of the most importantly powerful links for any of us is how do we connect our own individual purpose to the company's purpose that we work for? Mm-hmm. And my experience is, is that when we look at any purpose statement for a company, there's a set of words. And the question is, do they have any meaning? And the truth is for each of us, there usually is one or two key words that have much deeper meaning because of who we are and what our purpose is. And I've had people who don't know their own individual purpose as a set of words, but when I look at the company purpose, there's one or two words that really speak to them and it starts to help me get a sense of who they are. And I think in some ways, as we look at both your purpose and Legos, you can start to see what that deep connection is. And if we look at then, well, who would you want as head of talent and development for Lego? It would be someone who has your purpose because it's about what you're creating 
it's the legacy of how it gets to have the key roles, how do they how does that play out over time? Yeah. Yeah. So in some ways, it's it's a powerful example from my perspective of how these pieces fit together. Yeah. And yeah. you're sort of uh, living it in that sense. When you look at the last couple of years, I'm sure Lego is challenged with the same challenge as everybody else is about hiring the people, keeping people, and retention, mm -hmm. and all the different things. Can you give me an example of how you have thought about it differently that you think would be helpful for others to hear from the place of purpose? You know, if you look at talent development, okay, mm -hmm. hire good people, keep the good people, make sure that the bad people leave on their own. And have nobody leave that you don't want to leave. That's sort of like, you know, if you could sort of nail it yeah. down, that would be the case. We know it doesn't work that way. We, we do, all right? It's a little bit more nuanced and complicated than that. But actually, there's a couple of things that I think we can all do, right? So this notion of having a company purpose. As I said, we're lucky enough to have one before it was uh, all the rage. That said, I don't think it's the most difficult thing for organizations to create a company purpose. The more challenging part is ensuring that you create a connection between employees and the company purpose. That's where it requires effort, I think, great investment. Investment in the form of who we attract, how we attract them. So we've done a lot of work to ensure that you know aspects of our purpose, not just in words, but also in practice. So hearing from employees, hearing about who they are, why they work for the Lego Group, and how they relate themselves to the company's purpose is something that we spend a bit of time unpacking in the form of you know employer branding videos and the collateral and material and so forth. The way we interview, we provide a lot of training for our hiring managers in the form of interview guidance and question guidance. And, and a lot of it is around culture and purpose comes into culture too. We want to understand from our prospective candidates what they are driven by. You know, what is it that has attracted them to this organization? I've yet to be in an interview with a panel of colleagues interviewing a future candidate where they are not talking about why they were motivated to join the Lego group or why they're still at the Lego group. And it comes back down to purpose and how they relate to it as well. When it comes to development, we put in a lot of effort over the last four years in providing purpose training for our um, colleagues across the organization. Every colleague across the world, we give them the opportunity to discover, identify, or put words to their purpose, which has been a super successful journey. The feedback that we receive frequently, uh, the stories that we hear, right? So more than the feedback, mm. the feedback is positive. It's a good, it's an energizing, it's an uplifting experience. And it is an experience. It's not a training by any stretch of the imagination. The aha moments, and as I said, the stories that we hear back are truly individual from person to person. It's very hard to predict that, you know, Snick or, or Zahid is going to have a similar experience. We will have a very different experience. That's guaranteed. But the common outcome for both of us is that we will have an enlightening experience and there'll be a lot for us to reflect on and there'll be a lot for us to bring back into how we show up, how we choose to show up in our organization. And I think all of those artifacts, all of those things are making a difference to how we are trying to put this notion of purpose, which in its purest form is quite an ambiguous topic, but making it more accessible and using it as a lever to create the culture that we want to have for the Lego group. Does that resonate? Yeah, well, I think it resonates for me, but I think it's more, I think, just about from your perspective of how you see it, mm. sharing it with those listening. I mean, my sense from my perspective is that 
Lego has been very purposeful for many, many years. Mm -hmm. I do think that when we showed up in 2016, 17, after they laid off a lot of people and things were a little dark, in some ways, one of the reasons that you and your boss, who's head of HR, decided that we wanted to bring purpose to the individuals is we needed to have remind them of why they are working at Lego when it was tough and how to help the HR group and then everyone else go to the place of being able to remember what does it mean to live for purpose. I think the challenge for purpose, as you, as you said, is it's a question you need to ask every day, not something mm -hmm. you do once and then you stop doing it afterwards, right? Correct. Um, I also think that in some ways, being in the toy business, my experience of Lego is that it's a tough business to be in. As much as the external world sees it as this amazing place and it must be just so much fun to work there. And you and I talked at the beginning of this about just the craziness and how beautifully wonderful the office is. My experience with you and others is that the toy business is a very small world in which it is a really tough business to be in. I'd love you to talk just a minute about just the realities of working in a company that just happens to make toys. Yeah, I mean, one of the anecdotes that I share with anyone that I'm looking to hire and interview is that I remind them, because they're super excited, which we're very, very lucky. We have a very strong consumer brand. Having a very strong consumer brand also creates an impression of who you are to prospective employees too. So then people come into an interview with an impression of what this organization is like. Very rarely do we get someone in an interview stage who has never heard of us, who's had to Google us for the first time. That just doesn't happen. Hey, I would love you to find that person. I would love, I would, I'm still looking for that person. See, have you heard of us? No, nope, never. Great. But it hasn't happened. That's both a blessing and a curse. It can be either or. Because if you have a very strong perception of the brand built up from your consumer experience of it, that's what you're expecting. And I often have to tell candidates that, hey, look, it's not quite Willy Wonka's chocolate factory when you walk through the doors. You know, there are processes, there are teams, there are structures, there are policies. It's a regular business in many respects that is driven by performance needs, growth demands, has high ambitions. It wants to do things excellently. It wants to go to new markets. It wants to have uh, new customer segments, all of those things. Couple all of that with the, with the principles of the um, toy market that he talks about, which is highly competitive, demands regular innovation. So many things happening to it. I mean, two aspects are shared just now. One, uh, which is always an interesting fact that makes me tickle, is that we have to re-recruit our consumer base every year. Because mm. right? children grow up, right? Yeah. Um, I know that we have a very strong line for adults now, but the reality is that our core audience, our core consumer group of boys and girls, there's a re they reach an age sometimes where they fall out of love with Lego. We do a lot, obviously, to keep them and keep them you know, entertained with different types of Lego products, but we have to re-recruit. That's one uh, aspect that we have to we're challenged with, which, again, demands a lot of innovation. Uh, and then the other aspect is that the, the, physical, the toy market is, is, is constantly evolving. There are all manner of different pressures from you know the digital world, the virtual world, the metaverse, the web 3.0 that are really pushing us into directions where they genuinely we don't know whether there is a road, let alone where it goes. And that's a, a very, very interesting space to be in as a business. Yeah. So I just wanted to give everybody a sense of just how complicated that is because I just it's easy to see it as being everything's wonderful. Now at the same time, if you could describe your experience of staying at corporate headquarters 
and what that experience is like. I would love to be that as the final thing that we share with everyone because it is the greatest place I've ever gone to in my life. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're super lucky to have a campus uh, headquarters in Billen, Denmark, which is the home of the Lego Group. We have a v- brand new facility, we will, uh, that was launched uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, it's pretty hard to even put words to it to some extent. It's an experience to be had. Um, it is everything you'd imagine and then some. To give you an insight into it, we have a place called People House that's part of the campus, right? So we have the campus uh, and that has its you know regular segmentation of offices and floors and so forth. They are, as you imagine, brightly colored, they're fabulous places to work. Uh, we've incorporated well-being spaces into workspaces. There are spaces to hang out, there are spaces to relax, there are places to work and do all of the above throughout the campus. And then on top of that, we've created a people house. The people house is just for people to connect as a community. People within Lego Group, you know, guests to the Lego Group, it's just for you to connect. Uh, to help you make that help make those connections a lot easier, there is a hotel, on-site hotel. There is an on-site gym, right? Uh, fine. There's an on-site sports center, right? There's an on-site bar. There's an on-site cinema, right? There's an on-site games area. There are so many things that I'm forgetting to talk about. So I think there's even a textiles room. Well, this place where you can, as a team, have a professional chef teach you how to make a meal. And then there's a fabulous restaurant that is as good as anything you would find in Copenhagen or anything anywhere else in the world. It's this amazing ecosystem. There is. Yes. Yeah. And mini golf on the roof. I don't I didn't know about that. With that, I think we're going to have to bring this podcast to a close. So, Zahid, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us today, sharing your journey of purpose for yourself as well as with Lego. And we'll be hearing from him on future adventures because we have we're working together on many different things. But I want to just thank you for today hanging out with us and sharing with us your purpose and the connection to Lego's purpose. Thank you. Very welcome. My pleasure. Thank you, Nick. Mm-hmm.